Spritzer Dundeal has now sprinted up on the outside. Boban starting to chase him. And then came Moriarty. It's a Dundeal in front. Boban is looking a big threat though. Boban's raced up on the outside. He's taken the lead from It's a Dundeal. And the band's back together. Schofield and Boban. They beat It's a Dundeal. G'day punters. Welcome to the deep dive. The show that takes the grouse of the Betfair live wagering data from the weekend and the best and worst of the puntingform.com.au figures. We'll get to that a little bit later, but we have to open the show. We're welcoming a legend of Sydney racing to the mailbag. He'll be here to help us provide Metro trial reports for Sydney. He'll also be featuring on our new Sydney preview show, it's Mark Sheen. He really needs no introduction, but I'm a bit late for that. Mark, it's welcome to the mailbag. Um, I hope and expect that our audience will know who you are, but for anyone who who doesn't, can you just give us a rundown of your racing story to begin with? Well, I come from a racing family. My grandfather was a pretty famous jockey, won a Melbourne Cup. Um, his brother had uh, Neville Selwood and George Moore apprentice to him, so had a bit of royalty there in the, the racing background. Um, started calling races when I was a kid, called in the bush when I was 16, then bit of, did a bit of work for Bob Charlie, Mark Reed, and got into the punting side of things, did a bit of breeding and punting as well. So, yeah, just uh, stayed in the racing game all my life and uh, enjoyed it, enjoyed backing a winner, trying to find a winner. Um, so thanks very much for adding me to the show as well. I think it must, that's a really good point, actually. I mean, out of a lot of the race callers over the years, certainly when, I guess, myself and probably Dicko as well, when we were getting into the racing game, you were the, the number one caller in Australia and, and then also Sydney. But the main point of difference is that you were that form analyst and a punter as well. I guess, how have you been keeping yourself busy of late? Yeah, just doing some punning and going to the races, uh, having a look at them and uh, trying to back a winner, basically. So not much different to anyone else, I suppose. Sounds so Mark, Mark, Mark's yeah. a bit of a horse watcher, a bit like myself and Rob and Pete. Um, how's, it, how's it been with the COVID restrictions easing? Did, did it affect your gambling when they happened because like, of, of the yard focus for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I certainly do like the confidence of looking at a horse. I'm just used to that sort of stuff, going to the races and looking at them and um, seeing if something's improved or gone backwards. So, yeah, it certainly was a hindrance and it has been good to get back to the races and at least have a look at them, especially now that the better horses are coming back as well. But a lot of people are not turned on by that. A lot of people start home, just run their own, own race, but that's what I'm used to. Okay, we must talk about the Sydney tracks, the Metropolitan tracks in particular. Randwick's the the main culprit of late. The track hasn't seen better than a heavy track since, well, I can't even remember. It's probably been about six months or so. What's your thoughts on how the, the current state of the track is? And really, do you think the, the Sydney administration cares for the most part? Collectively, I think Sydney tracks are in a bad state at the moment. Um, the point is that Canterbury was probably our best wet weather track and it's been dead set rooted for 10 months. Um, it, it can't handle the rain like it used to. The bias there at Canterbury is horrific. Um, it's just been on pace, on pace, and then the last meeting it just turned completely and then you couldn't win on the rail. So it just reverted in one meeting, uh, something different for 10 months they've been winning on the rail than on the outside fence uh, the last meeting. Warwick Farm, you hadn't won on the rail on a heavy track for 15 years and then you get there Wednesday every leader wins. So it's just diabolic. It's doing your head in. Well, that was the Emeralds Day. Well, that was doing my head in. Well, and Emeralds was... Then Warwick Farm on, on last Wednesday, every leader on the fence wins. 
And dead shit, they haven't won on the rail there for 15 years when it's heavy. Okay. Well, someone's responsible for the state of the tracks. There's There's been two upgrades in the last 15 years. Um, the AJC uh, had a big go when um, a certain people's trainer was was in charge, maybe operations manager on a, on a, on a big, big salary. Um, I think he tendered it out and um, they dug up all the sand. And it's been yeah, really well, that, that track had a big sand base, and I think they changed the base uh, dramatically. And and Ramwick has suffered because of it, but um, the other tracks as well. There's been hardly any revision done to Warwick Farm in years. Um, I think they're more interested in catering at the races than they are in actually the racing product. Well, I think that's indicative of that. Is like I got excited last night because we got Mark Sheen on the mailbag. Like who would have thought that? And I started watching a few Boban replays because. Boban being my favourite horse, and you you roared him home just about every time I backed him. He, he won the Chipping Norton at Warwick Farm. Yeah, we're not allowed to race there on a Saturday. At Canterbury or Warwick Farm, not allowed to race there. You're only allowed to race at Ramwick and Rose Hill. Apparently, punters don't like to bet there, but who really wants to bet at the Swamp at the moment? The Swamp? <laughs> well, that, that, what's, the, what's the line on Ramwick actually getting out of the heavy range by um, one of my favourite meetings of the year at... The, the former Warwick Warwick Stakes, now the Wink Stakes, um, which we get a few more punters through the door. It's being called the Wink Stakes. Um, what's the line of it actually getting out of, of a heavy range with the with the data, as opposed to what they say it's going to be? Oh, I don't know, Rob. Look, look, it's going to take a long time before this track dries out. Um, it's just waterlogged at the moment. We have had a lot of rain. Look, Warragamba Dam's up to 100%. It was 40% three months ago. So, look, we have had a lot of rain, but... You know, I lived across the road from Ramwick when the water was over the running rail uh, back in the 80s and they raced the next week and Strawberry Road won on the fence. So uh, you couldn't see that now. They wouldn't they wouldn't race for three months if they got that same amount of water. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was talking to a, a prominent Sydney trainer on Saturday, you know, as I do. And, um... <laughs> Not to be named. Yeah, not to be named. And yeah, he, we're reminiscing about the uh, the, the time uh, that Ramwick, before a Doncaster, I was back and bought a Rebel in some race in maybe the Galaxy, and he was a swimmer, and we had like an inch of rain, and then by race by race two, we're up to a five. Yeah. I think this was just as, before as that, that, that AJC, just before that AJC upgrade. I think it was the last meeting before that. Anyway, we're not going to cure it uh, in a short time. We need a lot of dry weather and uh, probably a revision of how they water the track uh, through the, the dry period as well. Well, that's that's what I'm going to say, and, and that's what I was discussing with this well-known trainer. Um, the watering of the tracks in summer um, for, for the horse's legs, um, I think that that's a reason that these tracks won't dry out. Yeah, they're perennially wet, and then when we get the rain they're rooted so um as i said we just need a lot of dry weather in the next couple of months okay we'll start to have a look at uh what happened there on saturday and i guess a lot of the noise initially was about that boom horse in north pacific it's recorded the sixth best figure on a day 6.1 lengths above the punningform.com.au all average benchmark rob scary i'll start with yourself what sort of type is this horse oh. What sort of type is he? <laughs> Had me uh, thinking of uh, Lonro, uh, actually, as, as a young horse. He's a, he's a similar colour, um, and he's also Lonro had one of the best attitudes I've ever seen in a horse parade. And this horse has got a, a really great attitude, really relaxed, uh, a bit different to the sprint winner from last week, who was a bit more, you know, a bit of a, more of a sprinter, a bit more bouncy. The Kira Ma horse, someone help me out. What's it called? 
We're not uh, Anders. Yeah. Anders. Yeah, yeah. This guy looks more like a like Old Rose, 1400, 1600. Could be a Caulfield Guineas horse. I see uh, the tab has wound him in uh, for the Golden Rose into 350. Please don't mention the tab again on the show, Rob. Uh, Mark, what do you think of him as a type? Well, I wouldn't be taking 350. I know that. Look, he's a nice type, uh, but he's bashed up a pretty poor field here. He beat Bazooka, who'd been tailed off twice against all the horses at his last two starts. So, uh, look, we've got Rothfire, Farnham. Uh, King's Legacy, Dadland, Pelts are all to come back yet. Um, that's poison odds to me. The biggest figure on the card was Fanciful Dream in race six, recording a figure of 10.2 lengths above on the puntingform.com.au benchmark, but it was probably more a sign of the, the runner-up if the areas returned in really good order. Uh, should it have won, Mark Sheen, I'll throw to you. Uh, your thoughts on race six there on Saturday? Yeah, well, the stewards are a little bit critical of uh, James is right, but I think uh, I think the horse jumped too well for its own good. I think uh, he came out and he necked it straight away to try and find cover, and those two horses kicked up. In hindsight, he probably should have gone forward, but they were winning on the outside fence anyway. So if you're going to come across and sit two or three horses closer into the row, you're going to head out wider later on anyway. So I think it was just a... Victim of circumstances, I know it looks looks ordinary, you know, you trap five wide in a field of five, but probably should have won, but I don't think he could have done much else. Rob, we both backed Fanciful Dream last start and then obviously followed up on, on Saturday. We, uh, we both we both followed up? <coughs> I, think, I, I, think, I, I think Pistol Pete might have tapped, tapped out. No, I've, I've been maintaining a really good strike rate with horses that I've backed last start and then they come out and win. So I've, I'm learning my lesson slowly. Um, keep following them, Rob. Uh, well done picking the eyes out of it. But as you said, you probably got a little bit lucky on the day. Oh, a little bit. And I kind of went against my own kind of, you know, mounting yard vibe, you know. <laughs> I, 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 a theory came back superb. I really strengthened up. It's a horse I'd... You know, I had a pretty good line on and I was pretty keen to take on uh, as a two-year-old, but as a three-year-old, this would really come back really well. And, you know, you expect James to um, to win the race. Um, I think it's, you know, going to go really well this prep. Okay, the other race we need to talk about is Mask Crusader getting rolled as a short favourite, but it does look like the horses returned in some pretty good order. It's recorded some massive splits of a very slow tempo, but Varda was too good on the day. Rob, how did they look in the yard? Oh, I've, this is one of the um, this is what I be a mounting yard watcher, I guess. Um, just couldn't couldn't have Mask Crusader. Uh, couldn't win first up. Looked underdone. If I owned it, I wouldn't wouldn't have be running it on that track. Um, it's woolly in the coat. Um, you know, he looked only eighty five percent. Whereas Varda, uh, she she's just looked fantastic all prep. She's like a prototype wet track type, but she's always had good condition on her and. Um, She's been winning and she's been maintaining that condition. And, and I thought the market got this wrong. I, th I thought Varda, you know, was, was the one to beat and, you know, turned out I was right. Mark, were you betting or laying in this race? I was on the winner, luckily. Uh, I'm, uh, with Rob there, uh, certainly that horse um, paraded a bit woolly in the coat and uh, he was quite fresh. He'd only had one very soft trial. So um the slow tempo was against him as well he also had blood in one nostril coming back as well reading the stewards report so he's got a gallop in front of the stewards so uh maybe knocked his head in the barrier there as well um so uh, i think all in all it was a forgive run i think it'd be much better when he gets over further well i think t hearing all that this is a horse you can sort of stamp to follow it, it's run a peak figure for its career 
Oh, he's a, a lot, group horse for sure. With a lot against it. This this sounds pretty impressive with, with a really dominant SP profile. He he walks like a really good horse, the second horse. But, you know, who knows what the heavy 10 first up when you're 85% fit, happen, what happens? Yep. Hope that blood in the nostrils just a bang in the head, as Mark said. I think okay. they did a scope after the race. They did a scope and he was clean, so he's just banged his head. That's good. Uh, Rob, I'll start with yourself. Uh, a horse to follow out of the meeting, and if you've got a rider to follow as well, uh, feel free to throw them out. We're, we're looking at the start of spring and who we can actually stamp as someone in form or potentially to follow. Oh, look, I, I want to keep following Tommy Sherry on these wet tracks. Uh, the three kilo climber in town. Um, maybe you won't get too many rides on a Saturday, but um, yeah, I, I think he's going to ride a lot of winners. Um, and and um, Mars Crusader, obviously, is, is, is a really classy horse. And wherever Varda goes, if she, if she keeps getting wet tracks, she'll keep, she'll keep, you know, raising the bar if she keeps parading like she is. Mark Sheen, same question. Any horse to follow? And potentially, has there been any maybe one trialer that's really taken your eye over the last couple of weeks that you can throw out there for some of the punters? Um, I thought it was called I Am Superman. Like, he has trialled on synthetic <sighs> tracks lately, but um, he really has caught my eye in the last couple of weeks at the trials. So it's a bit disappointing when he had a couple of runs here last preparation, but um, he looks to be putting it all together. We'll see him on Saturday, so... He could be an improver, Mars Crusader. I think also, too, the first winner coming off a very slow tempo there, but Tess got its own way in front. She trolled like a bomb uh, coming into that, so I think she's one to follow as well. Can I just say, I am Superman. I am Pretty Boy. That's a horse that sucked <laughs> me in last time around. Does parade like a, a wait for age type, Mark. Um, trolls well. Um, jury's out. You know, I might. What to do with him? You know, I, it's cost me that horse. Most horses, most horses with ability cost you because you'd back them regardless. All right, it's been a pleasure to uh, to welcome officially Mark Shane to the Mailbag family. Um, I can't wait to to see what the the trial reports bring. We've seen Nick Noonan's in Victoria go really strong, just leading back and towards the the spring races coming up. And and Mark, it's a pleasure to have you on board. And I'm sure there'll be a, a number of people appreciative uh, of your intel over the coming weeks. But uh, officially, welcome to the Mailbag. Thanks, Pete. Hope we can find some winners, and thanks very much. No worries. We'll, we'll have Mark, Pete, and potentially another bloke on this Thursday to preview the, the big meeting on Saturday in Sydney as well. Dicko's Turtle Award. We still haven't got a name for it, but the uh, the Speed Police getting them state by state. Dicko, the slowest leaders. Well, the, the award the award is, is, is a Victorian award. Yeah. So D-Lane, believe it or not, punters. I thought D done moral after race one, <laughs> a bit a bit like Flemington. Then I thought Mellum half a chance on Think We're Due. God bless him. We'll get to that later. And then I thought Willow on Morrissey. Surely, like that's a horse that couldn't handle the early tempo and was sneaked to last two starts ago. So for it to lead, they must have gone slow. But no, D Lane went zero point seven above, which is incredibly slow for a horse of rulership's caliber. He was he did it on rulership. Um, so he wins the award. He will be getting a little tawny tortoise statue smoking a cigar, the pipe. Because he was. He was smoking the pipe on rulership. D-Dung probably sleep next to him on ranting, which probably wasn't good for any of us. Anyway. A. Pattis. Curls. Not sure who that is. But they went 3.8 below the all average here at Eagle Farm and took the title in Queensland. Thoughts? Uh, 
No? Okay. I don't have any. <laughs> T. Sherry was the slowest at Randwick. An amazing 8.7 below the all average. Like That's... Scurries, man. That's real slow. <laughs> really, really slow. But the winner this week from around Australia at the Metro Tracks on a Saturday is Pete's mate, S. McGruddy. Shooter. Shooter. He went 15 15, 15.7 below the all-average benchmark to the 600. That is outstanding riding. Uh, I don't know why this man wasn't encouraged to come along with Pike and isolate for the 14 days required and ride in Victoria. If you want to shoot up, the Victorian stewards would love to have you because that is some seriously slow riding to the 600. Well done. You win this week's title. You know what the best part is? Shooter actually rode two winners on the card. He won, he won on this horse. He won, he, he won. won on the horse that he went 15.7 slow. He also rode the fastest lead time of the meeting when he went 6.1 lengths fast on Saracino. So he's won two races on the card and he's gone the fastest and the slowest of the day leading to the 600. It's just outstanding. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if we're saying he's a genius or he can't count. Could be one or the other. I think he summed up Saracino. We'll get to that later in the day. I think that was a perfectly summed up race. Um, Fire Goddess, I just don't think any of those horses are any good. So whoever was out in front was more than likely going to win. So anyway, we'll push let's on. Head to, let's head to Queensland, Pete. Let's fire up curls. Eagle Farm race two. We saw Kisukano win impressively. Went 7.3 above on the all average benchmark. Was very hard to load. Curls, how good could she be? Well, that was a great example on Saturday of letting fast horses run fast. Um, she took, took a sit on this horse the start before and got beat uh, as favourite in a four-way four finish, bunch finish. So I took a position against this horse, um, but, uh, you know, she got up to her old trick. She was very difficult to load. I was having a bit of a chuckle pre-race as it was trying to load. They had a stallion chain on it. So that's that chain that goes around its, you know, around its mouth, nose area, and it, and every time she wouldn't load, the um, the the gate man was like yanking on the chain or just fizzing her up even more. I didn't think she was going to go in, and then they um they give her one more try with the jock got back on and, and she loaded and then pressed the button early uh, and sent this horse straight to the front and um yeah there was just no catching it. It was um it was pretty impressive. We were on tight. And Evie, um, who was no match, um, and as the day wore on, we found that both the second horse, Tycoon and Evie, was sec- Mashani Miss and Tycoon and Evie went, went to the line together. Mashani Miss just got second. Both of those horses had run a quicker time than the Open 1200 uh, on the day, than the winner of the Open 1200 and uh, and race six, the um, that's the three-year-old Open race. So are you, you going to give them more credit because of that, or are you just sort of uh, grayed up by that? Um, there, there was a share of rain after race five, so I, I sort of it's not sure how much of an impact that that would have had on on the times that the others ran. Um, but they still went out faster than average in both of those races in race six and seven, and um, you know the winners got home, you know in pretty reasonable time as well. So I think the track must have held up. Yeah, grey's grayed up probably. Um, but we'll just take the take the ratings on face value there, I think. And um I'll have to do the replays again just to see how much difference there was in kickback if if you can see anything visible um 
you know, to, to either give the uh, give those runners in race six onwards a tick or, or just mark mark down the other ones. But look, she was good. Um, it was talk about where she goes next. Um, Michael Nolan's um, sort of said that Sydney was potentially on the on the radar, but you know, but just the way she is with her manner, she might be better off going to the paddock, giving her a little bit more time to mature and coming back for a summer summer carnival, which um, you know she'll be definitely a lead, you know a leading contender. And I'd like to see her go again with Rothfire. She's the only horse that's beaten Rothfire, who's the unbeaten the Queensland horse that's gone to Sydney. She's the only horse that's knocked it off. And um, on what we saw. On Saturday, I'd love to see them, you know, ripping at each other at 1,200. It'd be, a, it'd be a race. All right. Well, look, Curls, was there anything else that you can take out of the meeting? We won't spend too much time on Eagle Farm because we want to get to uh, Rorts and Stings for the week. But uh, do you have anything else that you're following from Eagle Farm? Oh, look, not really. Nothing in particular. Um, there was a couple of couple of surprise results um, that caught me. They were too good for me. Uh, the money for Joymaker in the first race was quite strong, and um, you know it came out and, and produced a very good win. Race just panned out for it nicely. Um, yeah, Junction was a surprise winner in race seven. First up, it's come back in good order. It's it's certainly one you could follow uh, through its preparation, like the comeback, and for a mile, eighteen hundred meter horse to come back and beat those open class sprinters first up twelve hundred was a good effort. So I think. Going forward, Junction could be the one. He's only a, a lightly, he's only a lowly, well, when I say lowly rated, he's like a mid seventy rated horse. So, um, you know, he winning an Open here, he'll be able to, you know, win again in town as he gets through his prep. All right, Curly, the hottest go of the weekend. Did we see it at Toowoomba, and did we back it? Uh, look, <laughs> I don't know if we have a drum drop here, but I'm going to call it. I want to see it. Here. <laughs> hey, the stinger. The sting. <laughs> Woo! The sting was in. Um, look, the sting was in here. Oh, look, let's talk about the winner first, and then we can talk about why the race made headlines. Now, this winner had shown very nice ability in a couple of jump outs. Its most previous jump out was over 925. It wore heavy shoes that day, and it accounted for a horse called Simply Fly, who was a do- debut winner. And then ran on Saturday at Eagle Farm and ran a really credible race. It sort of finished fifth or sixth just behind them, half held up. Um, nice type. Um, so this Mashani appeal handled it quite comfortably, showed gate speed. So obviously wanting to obviously goes to a benchmark race into Woomera. A three-year-old benchmark race as a first starter. Drew the gate. Madeline Wishart was on. She takes a couple of kilos off. So it had no weight. So it was pretty clear what the intention was going to be there, straight to the front. Um, Handlebars down, Pistol Pete style. Yeah. Like and, a meth head stolen motorbike. Um, like, it's done a good job to win. Look, I, I, and I actually, at the time, I, you know, we've had a, we, we had a, our biggest bet of the day for the, for the mailbag was on this horse. Um, which, which is why, punters, if you haven't, I don't know if there's anyone left who hasn't, but you need to head to the mailbag.com for you and get the, the, the full curly. At the curly service, this man bets relentlessly. And now, now at the mailbag, you can basically bet from like Saturday at eleven a.m. to like eleven p.m. And you can probably be on the overs unders in the footy game that night too. Both coats. <laughs> There's heaps of options. But what time yeah. of night was this? Because uh, we got o'clock. one like like Pete hit one about seven thirty, like mid dinner. You know, like Saturday night 
when you when you're a mailbag in the army, the, the phone's got to be at the dinner table. Well, the phone's banned in, in our house at the dinner table, but on Saturday nights they know. She knows. It's Belmont <laughs> announced Toowoomba. Um. Yeah, so we had this was our biggest bet for the day. We had to be on it. It was um, anyway. So it's led and got the job done. Now at the time, I was far too busy patting myself on the back <laughs> to, to concern myself with what happened in the run. Which is a great insight to how punting works. All you're going is this should lead. Oh, ping, roll, roll, and then all you're doing is watching her action. That horse is actually that whatever horse you're on that's leading, and you're quickly just checking for anything that's absolutely bolting. Not nothing sweet, and then you're just going, hold on, hold on, hold on. The only thing that I was, the only horse I was concerned about pre-race was the Toppy, uh, who was unbeaten off two eight hundred meter runs, and um, I sort of had a quick scan back at the four hundred, like before the corner, and it was like green. It was running in and out. It was all, it was off the beat. It was couldn't possibly beat us. Um, anyway, and what ensued after that was. Um, <laughs> it was uh, I think it was. I didn't realise until Sunday morning. I got a message saying, "Oh, I did, there's a steward." I hadn't read the steward's report Sunday morning. I went straight for the for the um, Shiraz after that thing led all the way. <laughs> anyway, so there's a steward's report. So in the steward's report, there's a running and handling charge um, levelled at Isabella Rab Jones. Rab Jones, who was the rider, the rider of the stablemate and the subsequent third place getter. Um, now, this is the third running and handling charge levelled at a rider at Toowoomba in three weeks, so three in a row. <laughs> so uh, the stewards are up and about up here. Been reading, they must be reading the forum on punters.com and the, or <laughs> the feedback on some of those on some of those tweets, some of the feedback. Oh, who'd bet in Toowoomba? It's full of rorts and stings. And I said, well, why wouldn't you bet in Toowoomba? Um, Anyway, so I've gone back and watched the replay, and like I'd be lying if I didn't say the stable mate should have pissed him. <laughs> it was as bad a ride as you'll see. Now this is um, I've got it to was kind of, It was kind of sweet until that the mid race stick was just like oh. <laughs> well, look. So for those that don't follow, not, I don't think many people would follow. Um, you know, racing on the Darling Downs as closely as I do. But, uh, like, I don't think it's a rort because there's no way you would put a young, inexperienced three-kilo female apprentice on and say, give this one a run in a four-horse field. If you go back and have a look at her rides on at the meeting uh, and just the way she rides in general, she's still learning her craft. When she's up on speed, either leading or outside the leader, she's you know she can sit on them and they just run the same speed and you know she does struggle to pull the stick etc. Back in the field when there's a little bit of traffic and a little bit of how you go and you know and you know the quality horses that you're riding on up in Toowoomba, the ones that are back in the field are particularly slow and particularly bad mannered most of the time. So it does get a, it would get a bit hairy out there and and she was sort of she's a, a young jockey coming through that would sort of err on the side of caution and grab hold rather than push through a gap. So if you go back and watch a few of her rides, what was tossed up there was, um, wasn't anything new, um, but it just added to the theatre of, of, of launching an unseen first starter and the winner. But look, and I think the Queensland stewards have got a role to play here. We've got a shortage of jockeys in Queensland. So we've got these inexperienced kids getting rides at TAB meetings where three years ago they'd have to go and ride 30 winners in the bush at the non-tabs, you know, before they get to the provincials where there's more eyes on them, obviously with with betting and stuff. Like, 
young girls had, um, you know, she rode a winner last Saturday night on a very short price favourite that led and won. And before that, her winners were at Esk, Chinchilla and Bundaberg, you know, in the last three or four months. So th- this thing, these things are going to happen. I think it's part of the um, part of doing the form up here. If you're going to back one of these young apprentices coming through, you've got to make sure they're on front runners because steering them through a field is not their, you know, not their strong point just yet. But to answer the question, mate, definitely Sting, uh, well executed, uh, starting a maidener in a benchmark race and, and getting the cash. So well done. Well done, well, done, well, done, well done to you for fawning it. it it's, it's not a sting if you're on. Like, well, if we weren't on it, it would have been a roar. Yeah, but you, you found it and you've articulated why it was made a lot of sense to you. Well, look, like I said in that jump out, you know, on the jump outs, it, it beat a horse. It's, you know, it's already won a maiden in good time and, you know, it was the right bet in that race at the... So what if, you know, <laughs> we're, we're on, we've been on a couple of jump out horses that have got beat over the weekend where we had one bet at the Mooney Valley of the North. Like punch <laughs> himself in the face every time I hear that. We had one bet at Kilcoy yesterday. This is rot. The favourite, the two favourites have missed the kick. We're on the third favourite. Only bet on the day. First up on, hasn't been seen at the trials. And somehow the favourite gets a miracle run through on that Absolute like dog leg home <laughs> turn that they say that looks like the Mooney Valley of the North. Me braining. The favourite's got a complete saloon passage through and knocked us off on the line. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's twelve dollars plus in run as well because I took some. Um, <laughs> it's just how it works. Just how it works. I love we'll it. leave Queensland. <laughs> we'll leave Queensland for now. I no, just want to uh, articulate it just again. My advice is obviously uh, sign up and get curly stuff, but just like the bets will come through. The best way to handle it is just to put them on and forget about them. And then at the end of the day, the next morning, check your balance, check your bet history. It's easier if you don't watch it. No one deserves <laughs> to watch it. But you don't bet it and watch it. Like you're not that bad a person. You don't deserve that pain. <laughs> you're paying. That's part of, like, the, part of the service. <laughs> don't need to watch any replays, anything. He'll do all the work for you. I'll tell you what to do. Yeah. Just bet. And even leaving, listening to it's a lot better than watching it because they don't talk about the sort of shit that's going on in the race. But, yeah, watching it. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's head to Caulfield. Uh, it was a pretty decent day. I think the track played uh, as well as it probably can do at it the played, moment. It played, um, it played as Caulfield uh, does and should. It wasn't uh, overly biased. There weren't so many like such lanes. Mm. You, you certainly didn't want to be rear settling in the back third of the of the field, but that's that's Caulfield. Yeah, exactly. But uh, for yourself, Dickens, the captain, winning day, winning week, uh, 17 units out, 45 plus back. Um Quite a few seconds. Uh, we've we've set up a, a, a spring fling for for punters with yourself. So for anyone wanting to spend uh, the next few months in the company of the captain Jack Dickens, you can be taken care of until Zipping Classic Day, um, and get everything that's going through his brain. So strap yourself in, get ready for uh, a pretty decent ride. Um, do you go to the week for yourself? It looks like you you're back. Yeah. I- I'm comfortable and confident with how we're seeing it and how we're betting it. Um, like we talked about last week, Flemington, I was pretty happy with most of the decisions I made. Um, 
like we got knocked off at Flemington and not to harp on about it, but by a horse called Coming Around who was well and truly fairly squarely beaten by More Than Exceed at Swan Hill. More Than Exceed uh, went to Morphville on Saturday and went like a complete busted, assisted by one of the worst rides of all time by Kayla Crowther. That's in the spring stakes. Go and watch it. Imagine letting a $80 shot cross here in the coffin and then all of a sudden you flash at the back of the surf, you're last on the corner. Not sweet, Kayla. Really poor ride. But that form line, that, like, more than exceed raced about to its level where we got in the snuff last week by this coming around proven 12 lengths. Um, Wednesday was a great day at Sandown to, to finally land a few blows in a row. And to, to be honest, I, I'm half cut about Saturday. Like, I think it was like north of 30 units around second. And now doing the tapes and looking at the party form data, Dwayne Dunn and D Lane have gone the slowest of every race on Saturday on ranting and rulership who like for you can well and truly make a case that they might be the two or three of the most exciting horses to come out of the meeting. Mm. Like rulership might improve to be a really dynamic three-year-old and they've just dampened their ability by going so fucking slow and allowed uh, Mellum to sit three wide, no cover cast on our playboy who looks a beast to build into the race and knock off ranting. But every day, every time that horse with momentum will finish off better than the horse that's not not going as fast as the other horse. Obviously, they, they kind of hold they hold their line once they sort of level up to the same speed. He's sitting on it. Matt Hill called it. He's sitting on this thing. Mm. And in hindsight, if you're sitting on this thing and they've gone real quick, great ride. You're sitting on this thing and they've gone really slow. You've missed the, you've missed your go. You've missed the mark there to, to take off. Um, and your horse, which you declared. Showmanship. I hate it, and I hate Pike. No, I don't. I don't hate Pike. But we were on. We were on. Um, what was the horse we were on? The, the runner-up, Travis, um, my friend. Like, yeah. and a big, and a good big bet at it. And his showmanship doesn't run out of out of this world. Do something that no horse has done all day at Caulfield and win from worse than midfield. That's another like fifteen units on top of a, like forty-five for the week. And we also back Sir Coney, who went a little bit too slow as well. But yeah, like happy, keen. It's getting a lot easier with the better horses. The I think a lot of the sort of track problems have been worked through internally without any sort of public knowledge, but they're they're working at it. Like Caulfield mm. raced a lot better than it has. Yeah. For for and it's had a worse or no better lead up weather wise. So they're, they're, they're working on things that are making the, the tracks race fairer, which is therefore a bit easier to bet. We'll uh, start off with the PB Lawrence. It was the feature on the card. Uh, there was two horses on Betfair where the tote beat the Betfair starting price. They were Savatiano and Kingsville Dream. You know, the classic market support was pretty strong late there on the, on the winner. And Kingsville Dream, well... Obviously, you yeah, should we're probably back take that it too. From here. We're back yeah. Kingsville Dream and Sir Coney to beat Savatiano. Um, and we backed Cascadia and he ran four. So we were on second, third, and fourth at like an average SP of like $15. Um, even though it was a late mail stuff, we still knocked off like huge over Sir Coney. That went mm. off late. Um, I don't know. I don't know. To do. Like Mark Zara and Jay Carr. Well, Jay Mott's going to go in later on in the show, and maybe he'll start riding out of his skin. But Mark Zara, 
his best is as good as anyone's, and he's riding outstanding. His ride on Viridine was out of this world, and his ride on Sabatiano was just like perfection. And we've done, we've lost in a photo to it. That's how sick this game can be. Jay Carr's ride on Propel was out of this world good. Don't know what else to say about that. Um, oh, Kingsville Dream was enormous, went enormous, got through the line beautifully. Uh, and and here we go, punters, for the... I don't know what we want to call this, like the extract of the week. You want to read it down to us, Peter? Because yeah. get, get this, just take your time. I'm going to speak slowly before Pete reads it out word for word. But the stewards have actually given D-Lane some questioning and some advice about how he rode this particular pony, Kingsville Dream. Does this not open up the biggest ever can of worms for tactics and decisions on on horses going 60Ks an hour? And I think they're actually wrong in this case. I think his ride is really, really good, Joe McNeil. But, Stewards, if you want to persist with questioning tactics and rides, Jack at themailbag.com.au. I'll quote. I'll give you feedback instantly after the races. I'm sitting here with nothing else to do. I'm reviewing them as I go. I love where you're headed with this. This is a great initiative, and I'm sure you've got a budget there allocated for integrity. And if you haven't, well, we need more. Email me. I'll get you a quote. Just outline in dot points, please, what you'd like, like in the reporting and how quickly it needs to be in. Pete, stewards report for that, that particular race, police. Kingsville Dream. Stewards question Jai McNeil as to why approaching the 400 metres he chose not to follow Sabatiano but rather shift out to be behind Streets of Avalon and Arcadia Queen before then steadying in across the heels of Arcadia Queen near the 300 metre mark. Jai McNeil explained that at the time he felt as though Mystic Journey racing to his outside was giving ground and he could continue out with three running to the outside of Streets of Avalon, which was his preferred section of the track. He added that in hindsight, and after viewing the patrol video with stewards, his best option was to follow Sabatiano through. So in hindsight, he agreed with the stewards just to make them go away. Um, basically, what I think happened is Mark Zara rode a, the perfect race mm. and wasn't going to give up his spot till he had to. Jai read that, and Jai being a good young jockey, thought, if I can level up to Sabatiano with 200 minutes to go, I think I run past him because I'm on Kingswood Dream, who runs in Cox Plates. And a trial outstanding. And then the gap didn't come, so he went back to the inside, which was probably the better ground anyway, actually, Joy. Look, as long as they're consistent, I think that's probably the main thing, isn't it? That's That's the general... <laughs> There the is no way on gist. earth they can be consistent with this type of uh, questioning, but this type of questioning is outstanding and should be continued. Again, I won't charge much. We can do it all around Australia for you. It's, this is great. This is this is great. But I don't. Just because they question someone doesn't mean they've done anything wrong. Mm. And all this does is just give the punter confidence that they're looking. Yep. This is outstanding. But like I don't understand like if I was Jai, I, I'd be I'd be half blown up because uh, if you <laughs> if you go to race race six, zooming zebra jumped away awkwardly, so it's half missed the start. It doesn't have a lot of speed anyway. Race five wide without cover. 
<laughs> Didn't want to question Jay Mott about that decision. <laughs> there was no question for that. No, let's play on, mate. Like this, the the shit that doesn't get questioned. So, I think what the the answer is is the stewards need more um more help, and we want to be the people to help you. So please get in touch. Jack at themailbag.com.au. Peter, what else should we touch on? Well, I was going to say while we're talking about stewards, I mean we have to talk about the noise that came out of Adelaide with the whip protest, and I think if there's I think we can just put it to bed and we don't need to talk about there being a potential overturning of the rule from any stage here on. Uh, it's just complete noise. It's a waste of time. The rule is not there for punters. It's not there for connections. It's basically there to say, look, we do recognise that the whip is a bad image, but we're not going to do anything about it. We, can we just stop the debate? Because it's just a waste of everyone's time watching replays over and over again of one horse that's been whipped and trying to count how many times when we've got one angle of footage. It's no, not going I, to I, No, I take the other view. The, the rule is there to appease people who will never be appeased. Yeah. The rule, therefore, now creates situations where, as a punter, you might be on the second horse that isn't overwhipped and there is a horse that is overwhipped. So you'll have a jockey who's following the rules, which is to the detriment of your bet. This is a sport funded by wagering and the rule creates a grey area for riders and there's enough pressure on them already. The rule's wrong and the enforcement of it is is entirely, absolutely, 100% gutless. And, and to appease these people who you'll never appease, it shows that the, the, the complete and utter lack of leadership within the racing industry. Jockeys wear metal things on the back of their heels that they dig into a horse's ribs whilst it's riding, whilst it's running. I, I'm not that sick. Peter might be more the person to answer this, but I'd rather get whipped on the ass with a with a big whip than have like curly sit on me and dig spurs into my ribs. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but to just this ignorance and just pretending that it doesn't exist. If where, where will it stop? Because as soon as someone outside the bubble talks about Spurs. Yeah, it's oh. an interesting one, hey, because you talk about appeasing the people that can't be appeased. A whip rule has no impact on the appeasement of anti-racing folk. Right? Yeah. So we still we still force horses, and I'm going to like I'll play devil's advocate a little bit here. We still force horses to jump over hurdles when they're tired at the end of 4,000 metres. Yeah. And we persuade them with spurs and a stick, right? Um, it's almost like this rule has been brought in to um, appease the decision makers so they can pat themselves on the back to say that they've done something. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. It's not. This does nothing for the image of racing at all. I mean, punters that are sitting in the TAB doing their arse day in, day out, you go into any TAB and you'll see the usual suspects that are in there doing their complete ass on a daily basis, funding the sport, and they'll be like, hit the effing thing. They want to see the jockey lift it and bash it to the line. You know, that's they're the people that are funding the sport and that's what they're wanting. Um, the rest of us that, you know, that follow, and you've got guys that follow racing regular basis that are just completely, you know, confused and done to death with the whip rule and it's now irrelevant. So it's the whip rules are relevant in, you know, to the, to the punning public, like pistol and, and, and it just makes it makes the race, it makes the, the the sport harder to bet on. Like we got done a month or two ago, back we back shot of Irish and Plain CL dead heated with us, and it was over whipped. 
Yeah. It just leaves a foul taste in my mouth. If I'm watching certain riders ride, I don't want them to whip the horse because I believe they get more out of it hands and heels. It's just yep. a stupid rule that creates, you know, like what Curly was just talking about how hard it is for an apprentice to ride at fucking Toowoomba. Imagine being an apprentice riding at Caulfield on Saturday. And you could have counted. And now they've got, to try, they've got to try and count. Like, yeah. Go have a look count. at the puntingform.com.au benchmark data for how fast they go to 600. I don't think counting is like a, a proper strength of theirs. And now we're getting them to count how many times they crack a horse on the ass. Stupid. And you know, we're all smart. We're all intelligent enough to know that we forgive jockeys for zigging when they should have zagged, you know, at the 300 because they're doing 60 k's an hour and they've got to make a decision one way or another. Difficult. They're trying to they're trying to steer one. They're trying to get it in the right place at the right time, and then at the same time trying to count when they pull the stick. It's just oh, like, it's I don't. Impossible. It's and Joy Joy's missed a great opportunity to say I'm really sorry. I was counting how many times I'd hit the horse. Yeah. I've seen the new penalties come through last week or for this season, whenever it was a week or so ago. So, you know, obviously they obviously it's going to be playing on their mind. They're going to be enforced and they're going to, the jockeys will, the jockeys are the only one that pays for this whip fight. Oh, but it's, and, and it's just impossible for them. If I was running along, I wouldn't be able to count how many times I've done anything. <laughs> I'm just hoping my heart's still beating while I'm running. <laughs> I've been for a run since like the pre bulldozer. Anyway, anyway. <clears throat> the rule's a joke. Uh, don't get upset when they don't uphold a protest. But they, but the best part is, is eventually they will. <laughs> and there'll just be more chaos. <laughs> Surely not. They will at some point. Um, anyway. Yeah. What's next, Peter? Uh, let, let's round off with, uh, with Caulfield. Uh, Junipal is back, you say? Yeah, what a big effort, big performance. It follows showmanship. Your your sort of talking showmanship's a really proper group horse. I think Junipel's effort first up was enormous. I think it's one of the main horses to follow outside the obvious from Caulfield on Saturday. Uh, I really liked how it got through its work. It was a beautiful, beautiful uh, return. You mentioned our playboy earlier. How good can he be and, and why no bet from you? Um. I really grabbed myself up here. I've started like focusing a little bit more on pricing. I had it as a, an overlay. Um, I'm not like sharing those prices; they're just mine. But I looked at it, and I had a note on the horse that it was it was backed uh, on Wednesday or Thursday morning, Wednesday night or Thursday morning, in a sort of pattern like curly. You'd get this in a pattern that it's like someone in the stable or something backed it, just sort of jumped off the cliff and leveled back out again. And I noted that, so I was like, "Someone, someone thinks this horse is a big, big player here." So I had like the an overlay and that note, and then when it sort of pissed in, I was filthy on myself because that's that's racing. I, I think the win was full of merit, but slightly blessed by race shape. It was the horse that had the most momentum, but then its last hundred meters was really strong. So I think you can follow the horse with confidence. I think you can forgive ranting and follow it too. And rule the ship's a big sort of guess here. I don't know what they'll do with it. Um, it was so heavily backed and blessed in run to an extent. Unbelievable. And I think Hydro Star, like, sort of, the, it wasn't a great ride, but it wasn't like it, it was entitled to finish off better than it did. Uh, I, 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 the market hated it, though. 
Well done, well done, well done to Jackson Owen. Yeah. yeah, fuck me. That was courageous. He put up, I reckon he put up 340 on the fair when it was 280 on the plastics. It, it's SP like $6, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell. Pills like, out. He nailed Look, it. He's got good ability, the boy. Yeah. Considering he's 20, 21, um, I think when we were 20, 21 and punting, it would have been an embarrassment to compare us to where Jacko is. He is absolutely dead set 15 to 20 lengths in front of us. And he's almost level pegging with the bank sides by the, the, the amount of liquidity. Yeah. I mean, he's laying for. Well done. All right, Dicko. Uh, PB Lawrence, wash up. Who are you following out of this race? Um, which race? Is that the Arcadia Queen one? Yep. But there was other horses in it as well. Savitiano won the race. Um, <laughs> so, well, I think Kingsville Dream and Cascadian are the two best runs in the race, particularly mm-hmm. Cascadian. Um, real sneaky run, right, ride from Ollie, but the horse had no speed. And as we said, nothing worse than midfield's won all day. It's flown home in a good race. Um, Streets of Avalon, real plain. Mystic Journey, I think you were right with it, Pete, and I'll be against it again. Um, it was just too plain the last little bit to, to sort of uh, stamp. Uh, Regal Power and Arcadia Queen both would have come back with sore necks. They were, when I talk about a horse being snicked, watch what D Lane did to Arcadia Queen. That's exactly what I think snicked is. It's a severe slowing of the pony whilst the pony's still exerting the same amount of energy. So it's covering actually less ground but burning the same amount of fuel. Uh, so it's you can't I've forgive forget Arcadia Queen and Regal Power. I thought they're both pass marks. Sir Coney's probably that was its birthday. Savatiano, good, but right of the race. Oh, I think I think Cascadian's the the run of the race just in front of Kingswell Dream. And then the Regal Roller, uh, the listed race, Viridine defeated, Age of Chivalry, She Shall Fly, be good to your mother. Are you following anything going out of this race? Uh well Regevic just ignoring it ran. And they've gone too slow for a lot of these horses. I don't think... I think Be Good to Your Mother, you can forgive, went way too slow. We've seen this horse just relish a good early tempo. That didn't get it again. Um, bumper Blast, very plain, off it. Weird prep, like gutsy preparation to aim at this sort of level off that um, wind down the straight there at Flemington. She Shall Fly is flying, but I think needs a slightly softer race to be winning. Uh, Viridine's been up for a while, so I'd be risking it next start. I think Age of Chivalry is a beast. Yeah, you guys know how much I love this horse. It's a really, really nice type um, in a really good yard. I think Age of Chivalry probably pretty competitive wherever it goes next start. Okay, and we had a talking point out of Cranbourne yesterday. Uh, oh, well, well, I got this. I got this from here, mate. Eureka Street yesterday. Backed it. Backed it. An hour after I backed it. Change the tactics from the RV on Twitter, whatever they are, the stewards on Twitter, at RV stewards, potentially. They they intended to show intent. Now, the lesson out of this is we're not going to continue to harp on and complain about the change of tactics rule being a joke, which it is. What I want to articulate and, and sort of share to you, you all who are listening is that if you've got two bits of information about how you think a horse might be ridden tactically, you've got the, the change of tactics and you've got the market. Well, every day of the week, the market is going to fist the change of tactics. 
this is a horse that was going to be ridden with intent. They told us it was. But the market went from 388 to $7 on a Sunday at Cranbourne. A horse that profiled like it should piss in here. Watch the stewards' vision. We might try and get on the show. A lot of work to get that done. We've got Mark Sheen on. It's been a big week. We'll see how we go. But head to racing.com. They've actually got the stewards' vision up for this race. They don't have it up for a lot of the races at Caulfield on Saturday for whatever reason. Um, race six, Cranbourne. You tell me how much intent J-Mott's shown from barrier one. He's then ended up sort of third last offence. Awful situation to be in. Uh, horse never got out. Horse never looked likely. Um, I don't think it would have won. I'm not blowing about that. I'm just trying to articulate that the market is the is the teller of the truth always. Well, nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the change of tactics came through, I thought I sort of thought this horse might start three dollars, and we're going to probably this is going to be a walk in the park. When the market went the other way, I, I resigned myself to that we were, we were done. Not because of the market, but like because I knew the market would mean that the horse would be ridden backwards. Back and buried, big weight, heavy traffic, Cranbourne. That's just it's not a recipe for success. Uh, have a look at it all. Watch, a, read the stewards' report too, which is just again noise, just nothing in it. Like it's just they they cop whatever these riders tell them. I've had enough of it. I don't really read them to make these shows. To be honest, I couldn't care less for them. But have a read of the stewards' report. Watch stewards' vision. Tell me what you think on Twitter. Awful, disgusting. Okay, well, we'll go for the Betfair's best bets of the weekend. The biggest matched races around the country at Belmont. It was in the new market. Race 7, 450,000 was matched. Caulfield, race 4, which was the race won by I Think We're Due, $955,909 matched there. Eagle Farm will go to race two, which was the event won by Kisukano. There was 560,000 match there. Randwick race nine, the race won by Not Faint Hearted, 640,000 matched in that event. Rob Scarry was on th- that too. He was. He had a great day, day Rob. Huge. He's back in big form, being on course. We're not jealous at all. Um, horses match pre-play. Some huge... Cash matched. Bronze medal goes to showmanship there in the last at Caulfield. 507,000 matched on him. Parlophone, 540,000 matched on that galloper. But then the winner by just streets there, pre-play on the weekend. Plain CL, $823,961 matched on that horse pre-play. Wasn't that that race fascinating? You both both Mm. watched that race? Yeah. Like... We, so we've back, we've back. Think we're Jew punters, uh, movers, and then I've gone again from the yard, pro to good. Rolled across and led. Thought perfect. When when Ollie the, the fucking goat just sat outside us. Jesus, the, sphinct, the sphincter was so tight. Yep. <laughs> but then it just um, like it... just couldn't, didn't even let down really. Its uh, last two under was okay again playing CL, but like. The way the market was and the way the race was run, you just thought, he's going to kill us here. I, I rolled that home twice as hard because I was like, I feel like we sort of got an like it was up against the odds given the race shape. Yeah. It was very reminiscent of when Plain Seal won at Mooney Valley when it settled outside the um, shot of Irish. It was put into the race and just yeah, ridden far more Yeah, it's becoming a horse that sort of half, half likes to 
you're right in the snuffy, you know? Yeah. And when it's going Here forward, we go like, again. Um, the other two horses were Sovereign at Caulfield and uh, Clairvoyance, which was going around incredibly short at Belmont. They were the other two matched pre-play. In terms of in-play, um, the top three in third place was actually one of my horses um, and there was obviously nothing matched for me in play because I was absolutely terrified. Montalino at Belmont um, stood in the gate, missed it as a dollar fifty odd shot, was last on a day where you had to be forward and run. Um, I was on the phone to a very good mate at the time just saying it, it, she's last. Like she should be almost double figures the way the track's playing at this stage. Got to the outside, recorded the third fastest last 200 on the card off a slow tempo. She's like any really good woman. Just when she's really good, there is nothing better. And you just fail to process that level. But when she's bad, you just you don't want to be anywhere near her because she probably is going to kick you and break your jaw. Um, Dico, you were on in run, um, but on the lay side. I was on the lay side. Uh, I laid her out to a dollar ninety, and then uh, that's probably a failing. And like something Kelly and I have been talking about with my, you know, my buttons. I, I probably should have had the ability to sort of uh, level out, but as I tend to do, I decided to no double back down. So. I laid her out to dollar ninety, then I laid her all the way into like a dollar oh five. Um, I obviously didn't take all the money that was there, but a lot of it. And like the market and the caller was just sickening. Like it was four dollars, and mm. all of a sudden it was a dollar ten. It was like like that. They don't move that fast in run ever. And it was like, oh, can it win? Oh fuck, it's one. Like <laughs> it just picked them up. Like. Mm-hmm. If you broke down like the fifty meter splits of that pony, I'd say it'd be like some elite behaviour. She'll be backing up this Saturday, I believe, over two thousand meters. Um, that's the the plan for for the good girl. Uh, second for in play was showmanship, oh, scary behaviour. Um, personal opinion: there was a lot of people saying how good was Pike riding like the best horse. I actually thought it was a pretty timid it was, ride. It was, a, it was a bad ride. Yeah, the horse was in a in a position where no horse won all day, he could have sat further forward. Absolutely. I think credit to you, though. Like, the market hated this horse, and you you absolutely declared it. You don't declare horses almost ever. You fucking just stamp this thing as a winner. It's a proper uh, horse. It is. It is a proper horse. It won like a proper horse. Yep. Um, last, last 200 metres of the day at Caulfield, I believe. Yep. Yep. And the most matched in play was at Eagle Farm Curls, Joymaker. And it won, obviously. Yeah, of course it won because the market said it was winning. And um, look, I know the overall figures of that race don't look ridiculous, but the like as far as the time, the lead times on the you know on the I think it was four point six above the all average. Um, but the horses that did actually get finally work to the front um, by the you know by about the twelve hundred, they had done a fair share of work you know in run to sort of get there. So. Um, you know, the, it's just amazing. Once again, it's another great example of a horse that was um, one-way traffic in the market. The in-run suited it. Uh, and even the trainer after the race, post-race interview, said, I really wanted to win this race today because it's named after a lady who owned a lot of uh, horses with me over the years before she passed away. So I really wanted to win it. So voila, the punting gods and every racing god and Buddha and Zeus Tom, and everyone was Harry on. Harry Potter. Everyone was yeah. on. It was Bilbo a, Baggins. 
complete one goer. Pete, Two, Belmont, three. did we learn anything from Belmont? Did you learn anything from Belmont? Well done on a really fat week, mate. Huge Wednesday where you sort of Gloria Estefan me. I had a, probably the biggest day of my life, and yet, dude, just hang on a second. I'm going to have three bets and fucking back two winners at 30 to 1. Well, thank you and fuck you at the same time. Uh, but you backed it up on Saturday. Big week, pistols flying. Learn anything, though. Uh, yeah, clairvoyance is a real, you know, I mean, we, we stamped it last start, and I mean, it went around at $1.20, but it's recorded two figures in a row now that have been best of the day in WA, and it's had three starts. Um, I don't know where the horse is going to be aimed. You know, wouldn't surprise if they try to stretch her out to a mile and aim at the WA Guineas later in the year. But tell you what, its figures, its PB so far is only two lengths off the best that showmanship recorded in WA. Wait for age race over 1,200 coming up. Group one called the Winterbottom Stakes worth a mil. Should get in with 51 and a half kilos, I think. You'd be tempted. She's, she leads. That's all I'll say. Um, I believe Hey Doc's potentially going to have another crack at it. Well, yeah, he might have a little bit more competition this time for the lead. Um, I don't know who arrived. The biggest shins in racing won't be able to go to Perth, will he? They won't let you in. They better not let Bar End in. South again. Not sure. Not sure. Um, anyway, we, we did mention Shooter McGrady earlier in the card. He won both the turtle and the hare on the same day. He won both races. <laughs> the uh, the ride on Saracino, it was too smart and well done to the Ganjimi team. Their clues were there all preparation. I backed at the first two starts, his prep over a 1,000. Was just snicked back towards last just to get a sit. Had trialled really well leading into those two starts. And then last start, left it. It was an okay run, settling worst in midfield. But the jockey changed to Shooter McGrady, who, when he's riding with intent, he's one of the quickest out of the gates in WA. Step up to 1,200. And in a race where there didn't seem to be any defined leader, there was no change of tactics. But if you were paying attention, you probably could have got it. And I'm pretty angry at myself for not. Just far too good by that team. It was outstanding. They've recorded a strong early gallop uh, in that race, the fastest of the day. And they've managed to hold on by... B's diaphragm over Pims Royale, which uh, I had a lash at. The favourite in the race free trade, not sure exactly where it leaves it. It looked a bit big in condition from what I could gather on the screen. Um, if anyone is there on course and wants to add further to that, I'd appreciate it. But free trade, it's a difficult horse to place. It's not quite a miler. It's not quite a 1,200 metre horse. Not sure where, where it will peak this prep. Um, they're talking about a railway, but Again, they, they might just struggle to, to get a real genuine mile um, for mine. That's about it out of WA. It was just a meeting. Um, All right, just... that's, been the, that's been the deep dive. Big, big show. This week, Peter, what are you doing this week? Same thing we always do. Try and where, take over where, the world. Where, where are you betting? Um, Belmont's. Don't know where they're racing Thursday. I guess it's probably Pinjarra and Northam. Belmont again. Don't know where they're racing Sunday. We've got uh, two Syntho meetings today and tomorrow in, in Victoria, which I doubt we'll bet at. I think they've had enough of those tracks. We'll be betting big on Wednesday at Sandown. I've seen the noms, and it's, it looks like a really good meeting. Uh, probably bet Friday at Bendigo, and then a big meeting at Mooney Valley on Saturday, which we won't be able to go to, which sucks, but we'll be betting at all the same. Curls, what's on for you this week? Uh, we'll pick the eyes out of Ipswich Wednesday. Uh, I'll be on course at Gatton on Friday. Um, we had a bit, of, bit, of, bit of mounting yard mail from Curls. 
We had a bit of success with the Manning Yard Mail out of Gatton um, last last week, purely because they're all maidens or benchmark fifty five rated races. So it's uh, it's very handy because only like three can win on form, and then only two can win on looks. Yep. At those low meetings, it's it's they're the ones to get to, I reckon. And then Saturday we have um, we have Doombins, the, the Metropolitan meeting, Toowoomba Saturday night. There'll be a sting there somewhere. Um, Aquas Park Gold Coast during the afternoon, and then we'll pick the eyes out of the sunny coast on Sunday. So just really sunny blessed. coast Sunday. Well, I look forward to that. That is good. All right, boys. Big show. Mark Sheen joins the mailbag. Uh, who would have ever thought a couple of degenerates could build something that the great man would want to be a part of? But uh, it's happened. Mm-hmm.